The Grower Calling, Canada's go-to horticulture podcast for the latest industry news. We're picking up the phone and talking to farmers to discuss topics impacting them and their farm business. This podcast is proudly sponsored by BASF. We create chemistry. In Ontario, Essex County cantaloupes have a reputation for superb flavor. The good news is that they'll be in season and they'll be available through the Ontario Food Terminal in Toronto. My name is Becky Dumay, Assistant Editor of The Grower. Today, I'm behind the scenes of the August cover story to talk to Keith Wright. Good morning. It's Keith Wright here in Wrightland Farm in Harrow, Ontario. Thanks so much for taking time from the harvest to join us today. So you're well known as an apple grower in the southernmost tip of Ontario. So what's the history behind your cantaloupes? I am known as an apple grower. Uh, I am involved in the apple Ontario apple growers, and I'm also an asparagus grower. So in the springtime, I'm known as a, an asparagus grower Good. here in the far southwest. So it's like a lot of growers. We grow different crops and many crops. So I wear different hats, of course, depending on the season. Yeah. But today we're talking about cantaloupes. We're in the cantaloupe season. Yeah. So I wear the cantaloupe hat during the month of August primarily. And the history of cantaloupes or muskmelon is fairly prevalent throughout Harrow and Essex County, the Leamington area. Uh, dates back to many, many, many years ago. Uh, this area was famous for the melons. And it's primarily because of the climate we have here. Uh, it's, it is one of the longest growing seasons in Canada. We have the heat units, and I think that's primarily why the melons taste so good, is because we have exorbitant sunshine and the heat during the summer to add extra sugars to our melons, and which is why they, they normally would taste, taste pretty good. So there is quite a history of cantaloupes in the area. In the 70s, I guess, uh, came along the superstar-type melons, uh, which was a large, beautiful-looking melon. And for a number of years, uh, the industry in the area and all over Ontario and the eastern United States were growing these superstar-type melons. But it had some disadvantages, and one of the one of the main disadvantages, it had many, but was its rapid maturity. Uh, I remember as a kid, we would pick a few bins one day, they would start, and then the next day it would be 30 bins, and the next day we'd have 100 bins, and then the day after it'd be back down to 10 or 20. And then in a week or two, the season was over. And so it was, it was a difficult melon to predict when you would, well, you could sort of when you would start, but also that melon had to be marketed and sold quickly because it had no shelf life. The superstar melons were a beautiful tasting melon. They ate well, but if somebody didn't eat that melon in a day or two, uh, it soon became known as the mush melon. When I was old enough to start farming here uh, with my father, I had always thought that the consumer most of the year, primarily throughout most of the winter and spring, was used to this Western-style melon that would come into the stores primarily from California and then Texas. And it was 
more of a smooth skin. It didn't have the big sutures uh, that the uh, Superstar variety had. It was a smaller, medium-sized melon. The cavity was basically full of flesh and then a bit of a seed cavity, not quite so big and an open cavity that the Superstar had. And I had always thought, you know, the consumer was used to this melon. Here in, in Harrow, in Essex County, maybe that's the kind of melon we should be growing. So we've, we played around with these different uh, Western-style varieties uh, for a number of years. And then, and I'm not sure exactly when, but the variety Athena uh, was developed by the seed company uh, in the eastern United States, they had found this variety, Athena, was actually, it was a, a fluke in their breeding program. And so the Athena melon has been the mainstay of the industry. And when I mean the industry, it, it's probably the most widely planted variety of cantaloupe in all the eastern United States and eastern Canada. It has good sugars. Uh, it produces a good-sized melon. And it also has good disease resistant, but also it has good consistent production. Uh, it's somewhat staggered in maturity. It doesn't come on all at once. It starts slowly, and then in a couple of weeks you have a few more, and then it ends in a slow period. And it's about a four to five week season with Athena. It's also the Athena cantaloupe has good storability. Uh, Athena can be picked basically vine ripe or if we pick our melons at full slip or almost full slip which means the sugars are almost at its maximum it's what we would call a vine ripe melon we try not to pick them too green uh, some people will say oh all the sugars are in a green melon well I I would question that I don't think they taste quite as good as a vine-ripe melon. But the problem in picking a vine-ripe melon is is that you don't have the storability. They won't last quite as long in the cooler as a, as a greener-picked melon. We've been able to displace imports because of the Athena melon, so we've been able to keep the product on the shelf in the grocery stores across Ontario and Quebec with a good product for basically a month, month and a half. Post-production challenges with the cantaloupes, um, they, you know, they weigh about five to six pounds and they're a bulky produce item to handle. Uh, what kind of issues do they present? Yes, the melons, melons are a bulky item. Uh, they're not as bulky as a watermelon, of course, because it is smaller. Pretty well every product is washed and and uh, because of food safety, we, you know, you have to be careful of your coliform count in the water and things like that. So there's the food safety issue has is, is become bigger and bigger as time goes on. And most growers would be quite familiar with that. No matter which crop you grow, you're uh, under a food safety program. The other issue with the melons uh, that we've, we face constantly is the field heat. Melons are generally a very difficult product to cool. It takes a lot of energy, and I mean electricity, which costs money, to cool a melon. And by cooling the melon, you add shelf life. The containers we use 
here on our farm, I only use, for the most part, new cardboard bins. I don't like to see my product put into a dirty, saggy, used cardboard bin. I don't think it does the product justice. And I think appearance-wise, when something looks good, it, sh- it helps the selling aspect of that product. You've been shipping your cantaloupes to the Ontario Food Terminal for many years, which is a four-hour trip one way. What's the cost of that? Yeah, most of our product does go to the uh, food terminal in Toronto. Transportation costs are increasing. And, of course, much like the minimum wage, uh, costs of transportation have increased quite a bit in the last couple of years. We used to think, you know, a dollar per carton, a dollar per box for shipping from this area to to the Toronto market. Now the trucking company is is looking at somewhere around a dollar fifty per carton, and for cardboard bins, what used to be somewhere around twenty dollars, I would round fifteen to twenty dollars, has now become thirty dollars a bin. My net returns out of whether it be melons or asparagus or apples or anywhere else, once it goes on a truck, it's going to the market or it's going to the packer or it's going to the marketer. My net returns on that product have to increase this year or gradually to cover those ever-increasing costs. It just has to. If it doesn't, then then we're not doing it. Keith, um, please, tell us, uh, please tell our listeners how they can get in contact with you to learn more about Wrightland Farms. Email me your questions at rightland at hotmail.ca. Thank you so much for your time, Keith. Thanks, Becky. Yep, we'll see you. Is there an industry topic you'd like covered? Leave a comment, like our podcast, and share on social. Remember, if your phone rings, it could be the grower calling.